Welcome to College Football Roundtable, your source for college football coverage, including major storylines, playoffs, can't miss game previews, and picks each week. Join your hosts, Dan, Rob, and Jordan at the roundtable for a show unlike anything else. As for Football presents the College Football Roundtable. Week five is over, and we are starting to see some teams pull away from the pack, and then others are struggling to make adjustments. We saw USC struggle on the road against Colorado, which was just not what I expected. Uh, and win, lose, or draw, if you're not watching App State, you're probably missing one of the most exciting teams in college football because every last one of their games goes down to the wire. Uh, <laughs> for real, like I was watching this weekend, it was like, man, like I don't know who's going to win this game, and I really don't care because it's been a great game. Uh, University of Georgia needs to stop playing with their food. Like, I, you know, we said it, Jordan-Hare Stadium is dangerous for anybody in the SEC, but, like, it took them till the fourth quarter yeah. to, to pull that one out, and that was bad. We got the Just, Red River rivalry this week. Does Texas keep rolling, or does OU have a secret? That's the real question. So welcome back, Trash Talkers, to the College Football Roundtable, or if you prefer, just ring knocker radio, and that's all we got this week because Joe has got some stuff that he has taken care of. All good. I am your host, Rob in Fayetteville, North Carolina. I'm joined today by Dano Ikebesa in Coastal Connecticut. And let's talk about uh, what games we watched. So, of course, I watched the CU game, and I was surprised to see you had a lot of fight in them in the second half. I think they really, really did a lot better. Uh, this time around, uh, like I was surprised, and I think that's a testament to the coaching staff at Colorado to make those adjustments, you know, going into the USC game. But the other part of it is, is like, if you are a USC fan, you probably want to hire a new defensive coordinator. I know that they had, uh, they, they approached Lincoln Riley and asked him, he's like, hey, what are your thoughts on your defensive coordinator? He's like, he's fine. And it's great. You know, like he, he, well, gave what's he like going to say? Four games into the season. Yeah, he gave a really non he gave a really non-committal answer, but like if you look at the games that they've had, like they're a lot closer than they should be, you know, with the talent of their offense. I mean, you got Jerry Rice's kid and doggone, you know, returning Heisman Trophy winner. And bottom line, as I legitimately think that uh, you know, Caleb Williams is in jeopardy, not because he's not putting up the numbers, just because his team is not that good. I think they're gonna hit a they're gonna hit a stretch where, you know, they could be they lose one or two. Maybe yeah. three games, you know, given the way that they're playing. But, uh, yeah, like you blinked twice and Colorado was close. And, like, it was like, oh, man, they have a chance to actually, you know, get close. And, like, onside kick was the difference in the game. And it should never be that way, particularly when, you know, you watched Oregon run through Colorado like it was like it was nothing. But I think, you know. Advantage playing at home, though, that's a big difference. I think it was a home crowd for, for CU. And I can tell you, like, every weekend is like homecoming. Like, if you watch some of the sideline videos, there's so many people that are coming to support, you know, Deion Sanders and the yeah, team. Yeah, 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 yeah. That, uh, you know, whether you agree with, you know, the methodology or not, I legitimately think, like, this is a change for college football that not all coaches are going to be able to do. And I think that's that's going to be interesting. What's to disagree with? I mean, college kids like being around celebrities. If it helps get people and attention onto your campus, that's that's a no lose proposition. That's that's what you yeah. do. I mean, if you can't pull that off, whose fault is that? 
Yeah. I, I mean, there's some advantages, you know, and, and you look at other coaches that, that have had like the same kind of storied history of the NFL. You know, you got Trent Dilfer down at UAB. He's he's slowly muddling along doing some good things. But again, he's just not doing it with the same flair as Deion Sanders. But I wouldn't expect him to because he's a different guy. You know what I mean? And yeah. I think, well, he I mean, he won a Super Bowl with the Ravens, but that Ravens team was going to win a Super Bowl with whoever yeah. happened to be back there. Yeah, that's true. That's a true statement. So uh, e- either way, I think it, it could go, you know, how how it's going to go. We'll watch the season and continue. Watch the Wolverines, man. Like, come on. I that legitimately, good. Yeah, they're good. I, I, yeah, I think they're solid. And J.J. McCarthy looked great this week, you know, so I'll, I will, I'll play Homer since Joe's not here. I think J.J. <laughs> McCarthy actually looked like really good. He had, a, you know, a couple passing touchdowns. He had one that he ran in. He looked very, very strong. He looked competitive. He looked like a Heisman Trophy candidate. This past so week, for sure. when when Georgia will just admit to themselves that Brock Bowers is the best player on their team, then they're the best team in the country. But when they have designs about like not using that amazing mismatch that they have and trying to yeah. do something other than using the best player arguably in the country at tight end, then then they're not nearly as good. And the that that's a problem for them and yeah, yeah man um michigan yeah, but, I, I don't know that michigan's the best team but they're not not the best team you know what yeah, i'm they're, saying they're not they're not horrible right and no. and and i'll go back to just to, to jump on your point again too like look man like brock bowers is a freak show and oh by oh the way God. they got another tight end that's just as big and just as athletic they got those two dudes man put those guys out on the edge and yeah. let them do their thing you know like i think yeah I think there's an expectation, though, for the quarterback to play like Stetson Bennett, right? And Stetson Bennett was a very, very creative guy, and he would make things happen. He's a happen. player. I thought he was yeah. underrated. People kept saying, oh, you know, he's a game manager. I'm like, what game are you watching? This guy is good. Yeah, yeah. like like last year, if if it would have been as close as it was at halftime, I, I think they would have broke it open in the third quarter if Stetson Bennett was a quarterback because that guy, yeah. you know, he understands like, oh, like, hey, we're down. We need to we need to turn this up. But credit to Georgia, and I will say that I think one of the biggest things that I've seen so far is, you know, the teams that are making those adjustments at halftime are the yeah. teams that are coming out better in the second half, and they're closing out games, and that's what you really want to see. Speaking of closing out games, how about – Old Miss, old Tosh point oh, freaking lame. I, I turned that game off. I thought LSU won it. I, I wasn't mm. until earlier today. I was reading the comments and I'm like, wait, what? Yeah. Like, I, I feel um, bad about that. Unbelievable performance by Old Miss. Like, again, you're, you're at home. You got a chance to go up and win it. And they did. And it was great. LSU, you know, hey, is credit to Brian Kelly. Like, he can say what he wants. Oh, my God. They got, they got whipped. Like, I mean, like you scored uh, almost a hundred points in a game. I think it was a hundred points. There's over a hundred points scored in that football contest. And, you know, 55 of them were old misses. And so the bottom line is what a bounce back for old miss, because, you know, they, they got yeah. smacked around by Bama. And yeah. that game Bama looked off. like Bama, Bama, Bama. <clears throat> yeah. Well, and I think, I think Bama's finally starting to figure out this whole quarterback situation, you yeah. know, because, cause Milrow is good, yeah. but I, I, I think it's just a level of trust and like, like now they're just like, hey man, go go rage, young man, and, and and do your thing. So that was pretty interesting. But uh, what other games did you end up watching, Dano? So I was on the road this week. I went out to the local sports bar to pick up a hundred miles of hate, which is MTSU at Western Kentucky, and I I was excited about it. I was I was fired up. 
Western Kentucky just kicked their ass up one side and down the other. Game was over by the end of the first quarter. So that was disappointing. Thursday football just totally sucked. And then I was home Friday. So yeah. and then I watched UConn just blow a 17-point lead. We talked about that before we came on. But, man, they're up 17-0. They give up the long passing touchdown on the last play of the first half. So now they're up 17-7. And you're still like, this is cool. And at this point, they've run for like 180 yards in the first half. Something absurd. Like their offensive line looks like it's stacked with these All-Americans. Like they legitimately have more than one All-American on that offensive line. And they are running wild, just wild on this uh, Utah State team. The Utah State comes back. They tie it up. They actually go up a touchdown. So then finally UConn gets it together, hits one long pass, gets back into the passing game. They get the touchdown to tie. And, and you're thinking, obviously, you go for two and just win it outright because you've been running all over these dudes. At this point, they've racked up. It had to be 220 yards of rushing. It's like just – Give it to your fullback. The dude is legit 275. I mean, he's like Jacoby Buchanan back there in, in a Utah, uh, UConn uniform. And instead, they go to kick the extra point. Extra point is blocked. Game over. UConn loses by one point. It, had, it was like the most humiliating loss I've ever seen in college football. It was awful. Yeah. And that's a, and that's a bad one. Like it, they're zero five now, and I think yeah. that makes and that makes USU one and four. And USU yeah. like those dudes like Utah. It's State. not a good team. No, it's that defense is not good. <laughs> no, and uh, I mean the offense is okay, but that defense is not good. Wow. And you know, and I also you know I took cues last week to beat Clemson at home. They got smoked. That was awful. Yeah. Um, Boston College pulled it out against UVA. That game was good. Georgia and Auburn, we talked about. And then I watched South Florida beat the crap out of Navy. And that game was ugly, too. We'll talk about that in a minute. But yeah, oh for my sure. God. Yeah. Like, again, another wild weekend in college football. I think mm-hmm. I think one of the things that I have to say is, like, as, as we've been doing the roundtable and watching more games, like, I'm starting to see, like, a lot more – craziness you know like normally it's just like oh man like you know you're just watching your team it's just like you know when you're just watching your team you occasionally pick up a highlight and you're like oh man that sucks you know but like now it's like watching all these games and you're like man there's some (laughs) like there's some teams that have an embarrassment of riches and then there are teams that are legitimately struggling and for some of them it doesn't make any sense you know like for lsu no reason at all for those guys to be struggling. And that and that yeah. quarterback is amazing. Yeah. LSU's quarterback, he is amazing. That kid's legit. Can't can't stay, you know, can't win it. I don't know what's going on. Same thing with uh like Kansas. And that was one of the games that I had picked, you know, and Kansas didn't even show up because Jalen Daniels didn't even start. You know, so their number one quarterback, the guy that everybody was talking about last year, he didn't even touch the field. You know, he had some back spasm issues or whatever. And again, like Name, image, and likeness being what it is, kids are going to hang around to get that extra year of eligibility and that, you know, get that extra year of basically free cash, you know, <laughs> which is smart. Like, hey, look, you, you can't know. make it pay to play. That's literally illegal. So, yeah. um, it's some of these kids are legitimately just hanging out to get that check and then they're yeah. going to do whatever. And as soon as they get that first, you know, tweak up, oh, oh, my back, my back, yep. I'm out. Yep. You know, I'm out. You know what I mean? And I don't think that maybe I don't think that's the case with Jalen Daniels, but there are a lot of players that are, are kind of falling into that that category because hey look man, as long as the check's coming in, you know, you can be Frank Harris and stay there until you're like 90 years old. <laughs> <laughs> well, Hashtag is, is, job, Frank guy. is he gonna play this week? I have no idea. That's a, like that's an interesting question. Because I mean he's his been in the Chinese jump boot for the last two weeks. I don't know if he's, uh, you know, I don't know if he's like, he's obviously legitimately hurt because he's in that that bracing boot, but it's like, you know, for turf toe, it's like, Mm. Hey, 
and the thing is, it's a chronic thing. So he wants to be as healthy as possible because if you're going into the NFL combine injured, like that seriously significantly hurts your draft status. You know? Yeah. Bad there's deal. No, yeah. There's no doubt in my mind that Frank Harris is probably going to end up on a team somewhere. But, uh, well, he's going to get an opportunity. I mean, he's got every chance to wind up in the XFL, too. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he's got, he's got the tools. And again, like some guys disappear and go to like arena football and they actually have great careers, you know? And it's like, it's, it's respectable. It's professional level football. It's just not the NFL, but there's other options out there, but a guy like him, like Frank Harris should probably run for mayor because it'll probably be a better paycheck than he'll get, (laughs) you know, making the league minimum in the NFL. But uh, (laughs) we got a sponsor here. At, uh, as for football on the round table, and it is buyerbarn.com. Buyerbarn is founded by a class of 1997 graduate by the name of Dan Robinson. Dan ran a traditional farm co-op and realized that there was a better way to modernize it and bring it into the 21st century. Dan and his co-founder, Dean, who took their experience in IT and development and came up with the world's first farm-to-farm online auction and sales platform. Buyerbarn provides reduced health issues by reducing the overall animal and owner contact, prevents fraud through a buyer and seller rating system. They are fully integrated into the auction platform with secure payments, convenience to buy at your buy and sell at your own time and better market pricing because you get a wider audience. So buyer barn is dedicated to helping small farmers in America and is providing a special discount to military veterans who want to assist them in the small family farm revolution. Go to buyerbarn.com or email them at info at buyerbarn.com to find out more. Be on the lookout for the cow of the week also on socials. And you can always click the button on the side of the ask for football website and it'll take you to buyer barn as well. Again, Dan Robinson has already volunteered to help us cook the goat. We just got to find the right parking spot. uh, (laughs) We got to start looking into that, man. That's, that's going to be here before you know it. Yeah, I know. Right. And the house that Tom built is going to uh, probably have some fire codes. that ain't going to let you like torch up some, uh, Oh, some somewhere. Oh, man. <laughs> Dano, Zoran Down Service Academies, if you don't mind. Yeah, so Army had a bye this week. As you know, we're going to talk about the Boston College game uh, at nauseum on the Army football show. Um, haven't even put that one together yet, but we're going to record it tomorrow at 6 if you're listening right now. Air Force beat the hell out of San Diego State, 49-10. to 10. Zach Larrier was 6 of 7, passing for 189 yards and two touchdowns. Team rushed 52 times for 287 yards. They also had a pick six. Air Force is good, man. Like, I don't know if they played, quote, anybody this year, but they keep blowing people out. You can only play the teams on your schedule. Like, they look, they've done everything you could possibly ask them to do, and then some. Uh, Navy lost... I hesitate to call it a heartbreaker, but a tough loss at home, 44-30 to 30, to the South Florida Bulls. Man, this team is all over the place. I mean, you get blown out in Ireland by Notre Dame. Okay, we all get that. Play extremely competitive on the road at Memphis. You know, okay, that was surprising too, but that was fine. But then to come in against South Florida and just look like you don't have the athletes to compete with South Florida, that I was not expecting. South Florida gifted them 14 points off two like incredibly stupid turnovers, uh, one muff punt. And I forgot what the other one was. And uh, and then, you know, once they realized, oh, these guys have a good run- rushing defense, but that secondary is a little questionable. They just started throwing all over the place. And I mean, all over the place, you know, and uh, commentary kept talking about why isn't the USF has the, the nation's leading quarterback who's a rusher, who's a quarterback. Why is not this guy running? Well, because he's thrown for, you know, 280 yards and six touchdowns. Like 
you tell me fool (laughs) yeah anyway um yeah so question like do we think that this is one of those games that coach ken could have won as i'll tell you what if you're kenny amatololo and you're watching this you're like yo i could have blown a 14 point lead and wind up losing by two touchdowns at home like that's not that hard to do yeah well i I think man there's there's a whole lot going on at navy which i'm Mm -hmm. glad you know like quite frankly if they continue to struggle good on them but uh (laughs) you know the reality but the reality of it is is like they had some opportunities like that memphis game was like that was a bad penalty you know you've got to play clean and and that's one of the things that uh that's like the fourth facet of the game that we don't really talk about. Everybody talks about offense, defense, and special teams, but nobody talks about, you know, penalties. You know, yeah. we do we do like if they don't go your way, you know, everybody complains about like, oh, man, we should have got that pass interference call or whatever. But like when you're watching these teams that are racking up, you know, 70, 80 yards and penalties every week, that's a whole other drive. And that's keeping points yeah. off the board when you're making mistakes like that. And And I think, you know, from a discipline standpoint, you you can't say that Navy has a good defense anymore, right? I mean, that rushing defense is still like, they, but but they weren't getting sacks. They yeah. weren't getting after the quarterback. Like they can stop the run. They are optimized to stop the run. Yes, but unfortunately, there's a lot of other things going on on the field besides that. Yeah, and so the, I, I think they're I think they're going to continue to struggle this season, which is which is again. As an Army fan, as a homer yeah. for the Army team, I don't care if they win another game. But from the perspective of, of, like, the way that the coaching move happened, I think it really puts them on notice. It's like, hey, man, like, you did all this, Chet. Like, hey, look, we're talking to you, buddy. You know, yeah. you made this call to dump this guy at the end of the season, and you're no better off than you were last year. As a matter of fact, this deep into the season, they actually had more wins. So yeah. it's like, you know – What's the call on that? It, yeah, I don't, it, they don't look. They did not look great. And uh, like like you said, you know, as Army fans, it doesn't suck to see Navy struggle. Like we could see them on the struggle bus a little bit, and that's okay. But they, you know, they can't decide on a quarterback. <laughs> I mean, they had this ridiculous quarterback exchange fumble that USF returned for a touchdown. But mostly, like, you don't think of USF as being one of the most athletic teams in college football, but they just looked like they had clearly superior athletes, and that's a problem. Yeah. Particularly so. if you're going to be parked in that conference for yeah. the foreseeable future. Yeah. I mean, because if USF has got superior athletes, like, forget it. There's a lot of teams with better athletes than that. Yeah. So uh, Coast Guard Academy is three and two. They beat MIT 36 to 14. The Bears led most of the game. MIT scored seven points in garbage time. Solid win for them on parents weekend. Merchant Marine. Can't talk. Merchant Marine Academy went three is three and one. They dropped their game to Salve Regina 35 17. They take on Norwich this Saturday. Uh, You want me to do the AP top 10? Yeah, if you want to. You have number one, Georgia, until they get beat. Number two, Michigan, until Georgia gets beat. Number three, Texas, until Ohio or uh, Oklahoma beats them this weekend. Number four, Ohio State. Number five, Florida State. Number six, Penn State. Uh, how is Penn State not ahead of Florida State? Number seven, okay, Washington. Yeah. Uh, number eight, Oregon moves up one. Uh, number nine, USC drops one. And number 10, Notre Dame, they come up into the top 10. I still think Notre Dame's got a, a better team than they've had in a while. That was a pretty impressive win against a solid Duke team, I thought, this weekend. Yeah. Yeah, well, my guy Riley Johnson is out, man. He got rolled over on the ankle like the second to the last play of the game. So that, oh, that, that kid, yeah, and he was looking good too. Like I, I will tell you, that was a great quarterback duel. So if you like great quarterback play, mm-hmm. I think both of those guys are good. Like, hey, 
there's nobody that will deny that Sam Hartman is not legit. Like that guy's a legit athlete, man. I mean, he should be holding a clipboard on on an NFL team right now, waiting for his turn to come up and be a starter. I yeah, think he's well, got that kind of talent. Yeah, for sure. Well, given given the way that the last couple of years have gone, man. I mean, if you put him in for Daniel Jones, is he going to do worse than that? Yeah, I Here's seriously question. doubt it. Yeah, I seriously <laughs> doubt it. Well, I mean, I mean, look at it this way: like you, you look at all the elite quarterbacks from the last couple of years; they're all starters. You know, CJ yeah. Stroud is starting, Bryce Young is starting. Yeah, you know, all those guys like went to the league and and, and they're up, doing okay there. for the most part. Yeah, I mean, the only guy that's really struggling is Justin Fields, and I don't know if that's because that you know he's been in the league for three years. I don't know if that's his team or if it's just him or it's a combination of coaching or whatever. But like he was an elite quarterback in college as well. So when you start looking at these guys that are throwing, you know, three four hundred yards a game, yeah, 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 looking solid. You know, I think yeah. like like how many? I think Sam Hartman only has like one or two picks, and they're both like tip passes. So it's not like he threw you know just completely yeah. threw the ball away. And so it'll be interesting to see other notable moves in the top 25. So you had Utah drop from 10 to 18 this week Whew. after losing to Oregon State. Oregon State is always good, man. Those matchups in Pac-12, it's a revolving door of who's going to upset whom. You know, like it just depends on, you know, what day and what stadium you're playing at. Uh, only to be surpassed by LSU that dropped from 13 to 23. They're going to be vacating the top 25 if they lose another game for sure. Uh, they went, they're went they 23rd after losing to Old Miss. And surprisingly, you know, Maryland received 81 votes and Colorado got one vote this week because of their, you know, their valiant effort or lack of a better term against uh, USC. I, I'm telling you, man, Tua's younger brother is a way better quarterback. I think just from wow. quarterback play, that dude, Put, uh, he had like five touchdowns, and I think he had six, the one that he ran in this weekend. Yeah, That guy is incredible. He is a good, solid athlete. Wait, and, Ohio State this weekend? Is that yeah, the game? Yeah, yeah, Maryland and Ohio State. That should be a great matchup just because you've got an emaciated Ohio State offense. And, <laughs> hey, to, to his brother, man, that guy's a gunslinger. He is slinging yeah. it all over the place, and so I think he's going to he's gonna amount to something. He, he will probably be a mid-third round draft pick, if not higher than that. But a solid, solid player. Uh, top 25 losses this week. Again, we have 20 to- so far in the season. We're only six weeks in. I think the record was 63, and that was two years ago. But we are on pace to have more than that. Again, as mentioned, you had uh, Oregon State beat Utah 21-7. to Texas beat Kansas 40-14. to Notre Dame at Duke. That was a lot closer than the experts thought. Again, that was a great game. If you didn't watch it, it was great. 21-14. Uh, to Ole Miss beat LSU. Man, that game was a shootout. Like I literally was about to go to bed as well. And I was like, ah, I'm going to watch this till the end because like, I think old Lane Kiffin's got a, a trick up his sleeve and he certainly did. And then university of Kentucky came back and uh, obviously that was awful. Did you watch any of that game? That game was awful. Dude, they beat the brakes off of Florida. I know. Like, I mean, it was just running the ball at will. Like, unbelievable. Yeah. And it was like, Oh yeah. Like you guys just beat Tennessee. Like, yeah. where so was that? Like, where's that? Like, like, clearly there's a, some emo- serious emotional fallout after uh, that win because Kentucky just came in and smoked them. Kentucky's yeah. a good team, though. Like, I, I think everybody knows that. But the the topic they, – They're always good at this time. Let's, let's yeah. see how they do late in the season. But I agree yeah. with you. They're good. Yeah, Kentucky usually holds strong for six or seven games, you know, and that, like that's just basically it. But the question that I've the the topic this week that I've seen and, and interesting to get your thoughts, 
like we know all three phases of the game matters, right? So we always talk about offense and defense. I think that's everybody's big, big thing because everybody knows X's and O's. But uh, have have you noticed it this year, or is it just me? There are a lot of kickers and a lot of special teams miscues that are like costing teams games. Perfect example is UConn. Yeah, well, that's the one I was going to bring up. Maybe we're just attuned to it because that's what happens when you watch 15 games every Saturday. But um, it's wild. It's definitely – I watched a game this weekend where, you know, somebody lined up for like a 54-yard kick or something, and it was Power 5 team. You know, Power 5 kickers a lot of times can make those kicks, and it came up short. I don't know. I, I don't know if this is really stuck stuck out to me in the same way. I will say I feel like I've seen more kicks getting blocked this year than ever before. Yeah, but even still, that's part of it, right? It's, it's yeah, absolutely. You know, it's, <laughs> the UConn in the UConn game, man. The Utah State guy came off the edge untouched and just full extension untouched. And the announcers, Ross Tucker, was announcing on that game, and he was like flabbergasted. Nice. And, and it's one of those, it's like, hey, man, what are you guys doing? You know, it's yeah. like, I mean, oh, it's. Is that right? Oh, in the uh, in the Navy game, they had a bad snap on an extra point. And you, uh, Florida, uh, South Florida, one guy just trucked the holder and, to, and set up a block so that a faster dude could pick it up because obviously it's either going to score or it's a dead play and ran it back for a two-point conversion in the other direction. So, yeah. Don't see that wow. very often. Yeah, that's crazy. And then, you know, and I say this because, like, I guess the big thing that kind of popped into the, to my head was, like, that the whole Clemson kicker thing, right? Part of the reason why Clemson is, like, sucking is because, like, they're literally pulling kids off the street, right? And I wish that was a joke. Like, I'm seriously, like, I'm, I'm – so the, the kid, uh, Jonathan Weiss, who's Clemson's kicker, he's a former backup. Guy was about to start a job in New York City. And Dabo calls him and is like, hey, man, you want to burn off that last year eligibility and come kick for us? And like, this dude was like on vacation about to start his full-time gig. And so he comes back and you're like, what is going on? You know, and like he's – I mean, hats off to him for, you know – Sure. Making a sacrifice for the team. Like, hey, look, you know, if I was like walking down the street and was about to go into a real job and, and coach called me, I'd be like, eh, I think I'm going to go take this real money unless there's a big NIL check that you can cut me. And I seriously doubt that kickers are like loaded in cash right now. So basically what had happened is Vites had the the extra year COVID eligibility. So again, yeah. here, it, here it comes again, here you know, the COVID year kicking in. And so this kid comes in, but like he keeps missing kicks. You know, like he's missed like three or four kicks. And like the whole purpose of being a kicker is to kick. Right. Well, Nobody. That's karma, man. I'd, listen, I am totally against everybody playing their sixth, seventh or eighth year of college football. Like you're holding down a scholarship that should go to some kid who's trying to get an education, at least in theory. You know, yeah. at a certain point, the journey is over. Yeah. It's just like I, and maybe maybe I'm looking at this the wrong way, but. Am I, am I the only person in America that used four years of eligibility in four years? Like, it is not that hard. Yeah, I, like, but, you know, I think we also have to we have to look at it from the from this point, too. You know, being service academy guys, like, yeah. I think service, service, service academies are like the only universities in America that punish you by making you stay there longer. Yeah, but it's, it's fine to have a fifth year. Like, I got no issue with redshirt freshmen and, you know, yeah. that – like that's but 
once you're into that sixth year, like that's some squirrely nonsense right there. Six yeah. years. Yeah. Like it's insanity because like I'm looking at the I'm looking at the the top team rankings right now. And like believe it or not, Fresno State is at the top of the heat with three point three kicks per game, right? So when you think about it, like that's a lot of opportunity. That's nine points if you hit yeah, them. Absolutely. You know, and they were at three point seven last year, but you're looking at like some of these teams that are on the struggle bus are the ones that are kicking, you know, multiple field goals in a game. And then of course you've got teams that go for it on fourth down, like Army. They have two field goals a game, like not surprising because they don't kick a lot. They usually go for it. <laughs> Listen, they got th- that kicker, um, Moretzky. He's been kicking field goals this year, for which I am heartily happy. Yeah. They lose that UTSA game if he doesn't make a couple of field goals. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And, yeah. and that's the thing is like, that's why you want consistency in the kicking game. Like yeah. it's not, you know, and make, make no mistake. Rob is not trying to like, I do not have the, the skill. Like, I don't know if you've watched the Pat McAfee segment on uh, college game day where yeah, he watched these one. kids like, Hey, I'm going to give you $25,000. If you can kick this 35 yard field goal. Hey, guess what? That's average human. Goal. Yeah. Average human can't kick a 30 yard field goal. Like average human <laughs> can't kick an extra point. So like, Make no mistake, I'm not like dogging out kids that that are missing kicks, but I think there's so much more to that facet of the game that we don't pay attention to. You know, you've got the snap, you've got the hold. You know, like we all we all heard yeah, the joke. Yeah, yeah. We all saw Ace Ventura back in the day. You know, laces out, Dan. But <laughs> but it was one of the things that you know really it was impactful in college football, and you can see a lot of these kickers that are like getting rushed or. You know, they've done everything that they could to to protect the long snapper. You can't come over the top of that guy anymore. Like when I when when we were in high school and college, like that kid was eating a forearm shiver as soon as the ball left his hand. You know, now (laughs) you leave the guy alone so he can actually snap. He recovers and then he's able to block. And so from the perspective of like winning and losing and there's no rhyme or reason when you look at like how these teams are ranked as far as kicking is concerned, that no kicker is better than the other because some teams score more offense because so like for example you know scrolling down about the middle of the list you've got uh notre dame if i can find it again but you got notre dame like right next to arkansas state and north texas right those guys are all tied for the same number of field goal attempts but what's the difference between notre dame arkansas state and north texas like the quarterback significantly Mm. so they're scoring touchdowns and kicking extra points vice field goals and so when you look at all these you know, the kickers, like they have an important job, but yeah, it doesn't seem it doesn't seem as relevant for teams that are, you know, winning by 20, 25, 30 points. But these, you know, teams that are in knife fights, kickers are very important. And like if you're a team like, I don't know, say LSU or Clemson, like teams that have been struggling a lot this season, that kicker can be the difference between, you know, riding home quiet on the bus or having a party and celebrating. So I think, uh, you know, kicking game is important. I think special teams is all part of it. And, and, and well, you miss again, a, and you miss an extra point in a close game and it just makes the co- the whole coaching staff look stupid. Like yeah. that's, you just put your coaching staff right under the bus. Like the fan base is going to lose their minds. There's, yeah. there's no way to recover. Yeah. I mean, it's like, how do you miss an extra point? You know, yeah, right. and that's one of the, well, and that's one of the things that's like, it should be automatic. And, and we say that, but we even have our own guy, you know, our legend of, of the one dude that missed, you know, like Jay Parker, love the dude to death, man. And like that guy still catches hell for missing a kick in the a bowl game in 30 years ago, like literally 30 years ago, Yeah, people just still give him crap, you know? 
and it's not his and again it wasn't like it was his fault it wasn't like he intentionally went out there and missed it it was like crap happens you know and 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 yeah but to this day like a kicker missing a kick like wide left was a was a thing in army navy for years you know so i was uh, i was at both those games <laughs> you know what i mean so 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 it matters particularly when the games are close and so like you know for those of you guys that have super powerhouse offense air raid guys you know you probably don't worry about the kicking game as much but as a fan of like smaller teams that that usually punch up a weight class usually a kick is the difference between winning and losing and I've seen a lot of block kicks. I know that's how Wyoming beat uh, App State, right? Yeah. Go-go, got blocked. You know, so when you're looking at college football, the the landscape, it's like, are special teams getting better or are kickers just kicking lower and they're just not as good this season? I don't know, but I, I've seen a lot of missed and blocked kicks. And I would agree with you on the increase in blocks as well. But we are going to move on to the next read. So if you don't mind, Daniel. So, uh, as you know, if you have listened to this show, uh, Craig Oxane is the Vice President of Residential Lending for Draper and Kramer in Chicago. Licensed to lend in all 50 states, a West Point uh, alum from the class of 1994, based out of Chicago. He's one of the largest VA lenders in the country. Uh, country. Friends, Craig is going to give you super competitive rates. He's going to give you the best deal he possibly can, which is important because this mortgage process is super confusing. Interest rates move all over the place and you're trying to figure out what's going to happen. And, you know, can you lock in and how does all this thing work? It's not the time to deal with somebody who doesn't care about you, like some mindless call center, random big box bank, website, just whatever. Like it, that's a bad deal. You really, this is one of those times when you'd like to have somebody that you can trust. And, and so this is where Craig comes in, right? And this is how the West Point Network functions. Craig is helping us stay in business here at Astro football and we're helping you get the best deal on a mortgage that we possibly can by introducing you to the very man that you need to meet plus craig doesn't charge lenders fees for veterans that's a huge savings like 1300 bucks so you know get that money craig oxane vice president of residential lending check him out links on our website just go to askforfootball.com find the little link click on it you'll fill out a little questionnaire you'll be talking to craig in a couple of hours everybody gives the guy five stars it's just a much better experience in in within the very stressful process of buying a house. Thanks, Dano. So let's move on to the games of the week. Change it up a little bit because we would run down a lot, and it's kind of like, as Joe says, "Hey, time to eat your vegetables," and that's a lot of talking. <laughs> so we're going to shorten it up a little bit, but we'll hit the we'll hit the high points. Hey, we actually have football on Wednesday, guys. College football on Wednesday night. You got Jacksonville State. They're they're actually good, man. Yeah, they are good. The the the, the new and improved Gamecocks. I didn't realize, and I'll pause real quick, but uh, I didn't realize that JMU can't even go to a bowl game this year. So it's like a two year ban for. Yeah, they they got really, and that's unfortunate because they got a decent chance of winning the Sun Belt. Yeah, like I would say at least 40% chance right now that they're the best team in the Sun Belt. Yeah. And then, of course, I was I was watching the graphic this weekend, and they were like, yep, they applied for the waiver this year. And they were like, nope. Back in April, they told them, like, no chance. That's awful. That's yeah. just You're just punishing the kids. What is that? That's yeah. awful. Well, it's the NCAA, man. Like That's awful. When you make a billion dollars every two years, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. But you got Jacksonville State and Middle Tennessee kicking off at ESPNU. On Wednesday night, you've got FIU in New Mexico State at nine o'clock on CBS Sports Network. We got games on Thursday. Yeah, we got games on Thursday and Friday as well. Sam Houston at Liberty. That should actually be a good 
decent game. Liberty's uh, not so great. Sam Houston is not so great. So either you're going to see terrible football or you're going to see a really close contest because these guys are more evenly matched than they have with their previous opponents. Western Kentucky against Louisiana Tech. That should be an interesting one, kicking at eight at ESPNU. Moving on to Friday, this is actually a game that I would watch. So you got K-State and Oklahoma State uh, kicking at 730 on ESPN, and then you got Nebraska and Illinois again. Illinois is in the driver's seat for that one. I like. I would be surprised if Nebraska. I, I said they're going to go one and eleven. I would be surprised if they go in twelve this season. To be completely honest, because they are horrible. It, it, it looks bad. Yeah. I mean, it's uh, it, yeah. It they're like, already got a coaching crisis out there. Yeah, it looks like the AD owes uh, Scott Frost an apology or, or or another bottle of liquor, whichever you prefer. Uh, moving on to Saturday slate, uh, early kick. You got Boston College at Army, so that's a home game. We'll dive deep into the uh, the the Boston College matchup on the Army football show, but usually Army plays better at home, so yeah. good chance of them, you know, pulling something Boston off. Boston College also plays better at home; they travel not so well. Yeah, BC has been looking rough on the road, so I, uh, this this one will be an interesting matchup. It might be closer than the, the experts think. You've got number twenty three LSU against number twenty one Mizzou kicking at noon on ESPN. Uh, Hey, LSU needs to pack their bags because they're going to be moving out of the top 25 for sure. Maryland against Ohio State. That one's going to be a much, much closer game. I think Ohio State finally started to get their sea legs last week. Uh, mm-hmm. They had a bye to kind of work on the offense, so it'll be interesting to see. But uh, they have some. They have a great one-two punch in running backs, you know, coming out of the backfield. they got uh, Bynum who can run in between the tackles pretty hard. And then they've got uh, Travion Henderson who's like their speed back, so he can get to the outside. And – you know the quarter, the starting quarterback for Ohio State, believe it or not, used to throw balls at uh, Marvin Harrison Jr. in high school. So huh. there's a relationship there. But I think uh, again, Tua's younger brother is a much better athlete. So I think when you talk about quarterback advantage, Maryland uh, running game advantage, I would give it to Ohio State. But I think this one's going to be a much closer contest than uh, the line on it will say. We've got Oklahoma and Texas. You got Red River rivalry. Whew, that one's always a good one. Yeah, I'm 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 not upset to be at the game, but that's one that I would normally watch. Yeah, I, I would be yeah. throwing like you could throw the you could throw the baby out of the bathwater as well as the records because that one's just going to be a tough tough contest. Period. You got Washington State, UCLA. Washington State starting to heat up. UCLA, eh, they're they're UCLA. You know, they're usually a, a seven and five team year after year. We'll see what happens. North Texas at Navy. Hopefully Navy can uh, continue to be in this nosedive. Uh, if you're in the coaching staff from Navy, you want to beat North Texas. I don't know. North Texas is always like better in the season, and then they kind of lose it towards the tail end. I mean, you saw that when Army played them a couple years ago. Yeah, yeah, not the same. Not the same players, but you know, execution in the Army game. At same home. coaching staff, I think. I think yeah, that staff is still there. Yeah, versus you know what happened in the bowl game when they played them twice in the same year. So it'll be interesting to see what happens there. Virginia Tech versus Florida State. Florida State should whip up on Virginia Tech pretty handily, but we'll see. Syracuse has the bounce back, but hey, they got a tough contest with Drake May and and the crew at yeah. UNC. Mm-hmm. Like those guys are good, man. I think I think uh, Syracuse has had their heyday. Uh, they said uh, what was it? I read a graphic somewhere that they were that had not gone five and zero in consecutive seasons since like the seventies. And they always that- start tough and then tail off. Army caught them the wrong week. Yeah, uh, I mean, 
Yeah, they didn't look they didn't look so great. And the other part of it is, is like they're not using their quarterback to his fullest potential because that guy can run. He's got good he's got wheels, but they don't use him in the running game very much because I think they're trying to protect him. And it makes sense because like if he's healthy, if Schrader's healthy throughout the rest of the season, gives him a better chance of winning some of their other games. But hey man, do not be afraid to let the guy run. You know, particularly well, yeah. I mean, I, they, it looked to me like they were intentionally not running him. We're going to talk about this tomorrow, but um, yeah. they were intentionally not running him against Army to the extent that they could avoid it, which was smart and I thought was a good plan for them. But then, you know, okay, but now you've got Clemson in your house and you're getting your asses kicked. Like, yeah, you gotta now's do the time you got to play the cards. So yeah, you, you got to do something, and they just continued to stay where, where they were. Yeah, Alabama and Texas A and M. A couple weeks ago, this matchup wasn't very interesting. That's a number eleven versus unracked te- Texas A and M team. You got UConn and Rice. Whew. That one's on UConn, there just for you, Dan. Not gonna. Yeah, they ain't gonna win that one. <laughs> that one's on the. It's that not one's the on weeks the, for them to bounce back. Yeah, that one's on the plus. You've got Colorado against Arizona State on uh, Pac-12 Network. Of course, I think that'll be a that'll be a better game than expected. I think Colorado has made some adjustments. Arizona State is, I think they're three and two or two and three. They're basically five hundred. You know, so you're mm-hmm. gonna have two five hundred teams basically facing each other. I think that'll be a good matchup. You've got number twenty Kentucky taking on number one Georgia. If Georgia plays against Kentucky the way that they played against Auburn, they're going to lose. That's not what's Ken- going to happen. Yeah. Just, <laughs> just prepare yourself for them to shake it off, you know, stand up like a dog, shake all the water off, and look like Georgia. Yeah, well, I, I hope so because, like, Georgia has not looked like Georgia all season. You know, they're winning, but they're not winning impressively, and I think there's – just throw it to Brock Bowers. It ain't that hard. He's <laughs> yeah. going to be the best player on the field. It is yeah, what it that, is. Yeah, that guy's a monster. Like, he, he he really is an underutilized asset. And I don't know why they don't use him this year, you know. I mean, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. You got Arkansas taking on Ole Miss. Ole Miss is, Ole Miss is good, man. Their offense is strong. It'll be interesting to see if uh, they can continue the offensive momentum. Like, they put it on, they put it on LSU and, you know, like, Every time I think of Lane Kiffin, I either think of Tosh.0 or I think of like some mad scientist, you know, mixing up an <laughs> offense in a, in a lab because that guy can pull out some tricks. And that was one of the games that I was watching that I saw like a modified toss sweep. So like a lot of guys are doing like those long pitches these days. And, and yeah. you know, Ole Miss was one of them. So like the quarterback will take two steps and he's like basically underhand pitching it to the running back, which is like it looks weird. Because I don't think like we see a lot of toss sweeps in college anymore, but I think it's starting to come back, you know, with the with the RPO style and guys are actually stretching the defense and it's an option of sorts, but it's not. It looks like a more of a design play to let the end crash and then you toss it to the outside to get you to your athletes in space. But like Ole Miss has been doing that quite a bit this season. You got Michigan and Minnesota. Hey man, like P.J. Fleck is like the coolest bald guy in college football, and that's really all he's got going for him in this game. I mean, Michigan's best win this year is over Rutgers, so assuming that they also blow out Minnesota, at what point do people start to honestly believe in them? Yeah, like I don't think people will believe them until they beat Ohio State, to be honest. Because, well, I mean, like look at what they did last year. You know, they went all the way to the end. They laid an egg against TCU, which, which – you know, by all rights, it shouldn't have been on the field with them, according yeah. to, you know, all their fan base. But we saw how that panned out. Well, it is what it is, right? Yeah, for sure. So we got Notre Dame at Louisville. That'll be a good game. We've got number 10 versus number 25. Louisville is, is decent. They're good. Um, I think they're, they're undefeated, good. five and all. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. They're a solid team. Uh, Notre Dame is good. Fresno State at Wyoming. Hey, that one's going to be a wild, wild west shootout again. Wyoming is good. 
Fresno State is good. I think both of these teams are going to – like, that's one of those games that's going to come down to the wire. The battle of which team is going to beat Air Force in the Mountain West Conference Championship game. <laughs> Basically. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a precursor for the, you know, number one contender to take out Air Force. You got Texas Tech and Baylor. Baylor looked great. I don't know if you watched that game against UCF, man. I'm not what, a believer in Baylor. No, I'm selling comeback. Baylor this season. No, Baylor, Baylor was terrible, but they had a great comeback against U- right. UCF. And 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 I will, you know, tip of the cap to those guys for being able to close out the game. You know, that that's really okay. all it was. Got Georgia Tech and Miami. That's an old ACC matchup. We'll see. I mean, Tech got beat know. by Bowling Green, man. Like yeah. destroyed. Yeah, I mean, those guys have like they've completely fallen off. They look good like the first two games, and yeah. they're hanging it up. Like, go back to doing nerd stuff because you ain't winning on a football field. <laughs> so you got Oregon State at Cal. Uh, that'll be a decent game. That's a really really late kick at the on the Pac-12 Network, and then your nightcap for the evening is Arizona and USC. Like USC is going to knock themselves out of the top ten if they don't start playing some defense. Wild, man. Well, like I said, I will be at the Army game. Uh, I'm a little sad that we won't be able to see the Red River rivalry. I sort of wish that they would show that one like highlights of that during the the commercial breaks at at Mikey Stadium, but I'm sure they won't. Talked about Kentucky at Georgia, uh, Notre Dame at Louisville. And uh, I'm I'm interested to see if the mids can bounce back against North Texas, but I don't believe. Like, I'm just, you know – I don't know that they're necessarily going to lose the locker room, but that was like a wrenching, a gut wrenching loss. And and the way that they lost, like they're up and then it looks like it's going to be a close game. And then they just fall completely apart. Like it was, it was tough. Yeah. Well, more than likely I'm going to, I'll be tuning into the Wednesday and Thursday night matchups just because I can Yeah. and Friday for sure. I think K-State and Oklahoma State will be a better contest than, than most people think. K-State's good. I mean, they beat TCU last year and they've looked okay this season. Oklahoma State is good. I think uh, Bedlam is a more appropriate test for them. Uh, of mm. course, I'll be watching Army and BC, you know. I'll dip into the LSU and Missouri game. Uh, I'll probably watch the first half of that unless it's close. And then, of course, my eyes will be locked in on uh, Maryland and Ohio State because I think that's going to be one of the better games on. And, of course, the Red River rivalry. And they have to have all these games kicking at noon, which super, super sucks because those are like the best part of the, the schedule this week. Yeah, it's, it's that, I can't figure it out. Some some weeks that noon hour is horrible and some weeks that noon hour is the best. It, yeah. The only thing that annoys me is when they put all the good games in primetime because, you know, by that time I've seen 15 games and I'm like, okay, I got to take a break. Yeah, for sure. I, I absolutely agree with you. And then, of course, you know, you're going to have the Pac-12 after dark, which is they've got two games, Oregon State and California, not so interesting. Arizona, you know, it'll be interesting how many points are – like, like take, the, take the over on that one because USC plays no defense. Like, if I'm a betting man, I'll take the over on all the rest of the USC games because they, they are not going to stop anyone. <laughs> like, there is a Pop Warner team that is licking its chops on the USC secondary because <laughs> those guys are horrible. <laughs> but uh, anything else that uh, we covered? It's time to uh, let's do our locks of the week, man. Yeah. All right. Moving into weekly locks. Weekly locks. Dano, what you got? I went one and two last week. I'm now two games under 500 again this season. I think I'm having the worst season I've ever had since we've been doing this show. UConn lost, but at least they covered. Syracuse freaking no-showed. And Joe uh, also took that game, so at least I don't feel bad. And then I took uh, Georgia State to cover against Troy, and they got 
smoked. I had turned that one off. The Panthers, they just got gobsmacked. So anyway, back on the horse this week, Oklahoma plus six and a half versus Texas. I actually like Oklahoma to win outright. I don't know why, but I'm I'm a believer in uh, Oklahoma. Not like I've watched a ton of their games, but I just uh, g- give me them plus six and a half. I will say the line is still moving in that direction. So if you're thinking about taking the Sooners, wait and take them later in the week. Um, Boston College at Army over 51 and a half. Boston College has not been good at all against the run this season, especially on the road. Uh, but their offense is like coming around. I sort of think that game's going to be like an insane shootout. And uh, finally, North Texas plus six at Navy. Uh, that's another one that's slowly moving in the right direction if you want to bet on uh, North Texas. But um, I want I really want to play the over, but it's 61 and a half, and I don't necessarily trust Navy's offense to keep up. But, you know, like we said, the, the mids have a decent rushing defense, but North Texas is going to throw all over them. Like that passing attack is good, and Navy's secondary is not. And my fourth pick, if I was going to make four, but this is just a lean, would be Bama minus two and a half at Texas A&M. No. Okay. Well, I totally screwed up and didn't put my lines in here. So I'm going <laughs> to go through some picks of the, of the games that I'm going to be watching. But uh, for sure, I will take, uh, like I said, I'm going to take the over on the Arizona USC game just because their defense is terrible. I will take, uh, I don't know what the line is points wise, but I'll take uh, Michigan and the points because I think they're gonna they're gonna roll up Minnesota pretty bad. Yeah, I think that's a good pick. I think it's I think it's like 14 and a half, something like that. And it'll probably get greater towards the end of the week. And then uh you know my last pick of course is going to be take the I'm gonna roll with this take the under on Maryland and Ohio State because I think they're going to score, but it's not going to be like one wild shootout. I think it's going to be like a 31-24 game, and they I think it's like 55 points is the line on that one. So uh, Michigan minus 20 at Minnesota. Yeah. You still? You still? Yeah, I'll take that. All right. I, I mean, I, I mean, if they if they play like they played this past week, they'll hit that pretty easy. Okay. You know, okay. Now, if they play like they played the week before, no. <laughs> but you know, it, it's hard. It's hard to tell because we just don't know which version of JJ McCarthy is going to show up. To be completely honest, <laughs> that's fair. You know, like if he was more consistent, like honestly, he would be the best quarterback in football if the kid was more consistent. You know, and again, the over under on the Ohio State game, I just pulled it up. It's fifty five and a half. Yeah, take definitely take the under on that one. It's going to be like a, a thirty one fourteen game. You know, I think. Uh, <laughs> the Buckeyes will jump out early with a score or two, maybe 10 points at halftime, and then they'll rack up a couple more in the second half. They've been playing better in the second half. And again, you know, everybody's trying to get Marvin Harrison Jr. going, and, like, that's that's the big one for sure is getting that guy rolling. But uh, they're actually using him as a weapon. And then let's see. (laughs) Go figure. Yeah, like that guy's like – that dude is the best wide receiver. I saw some guy that was doing a – basically like a fantasy draft in college football, and he basically is hitting up all these guys on Twitter going, hey, you know, who should I pick on my team? And, like, all these guys are like, oh, make sure you get Marvin Harrison Jr. Like, duh. Like, (laughs) like anybody's picking a wide receiver, like, that should be your number one pick. But – so yeah. let me let me just stop you right there for a second. Um, let me put in a plug for our Patreon. Okay. Uh, Patreon.com slash football. We have our games and locks of the week where we write down all these picks. If you want to know who we picked and like what our record is for the season. Um, as I have said, I am two games under 500. So you don't want, necessarily want to ride with me. But Rob was 
you were up by like four games or something. So that was yeah, pretty good. Yeah, yeah, I'm pretty, I'm at 500 right now after this past week. Cause I picked four games cause I was stupid. But uh, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Again, but really what it shows is it, it just shows the inconsistency of college football, right? Like that's yeah. the best part is like like there's a reason why people are making money and making bets. And and like if you really want to get dive deep, text Joe because he'll give you like 47 different parlays that he's been working on all week long. <laughs> and so uh, like it's, did, it's he a, had that one six leg parlay that he was texting the group chat during on yeah. Saturday. Did that thing? Yeah. Yeah, he did. He hit, dude. He hit like he hit on Shador Sanders getting over 300 yards passing. Like oh, well, okay, ridiculous. I mean, but but the thing was that the way he was playing the first half, he didn't even look close. He only had like 170 something yards. But like that guy's, dude. Like he's honestly, a good player. Like honestly, Shador Sanders is the best quarterback on probably. I won't even say Colorado's a bad team. They're above average. You know. Yeah, they're okay. Yeah. Yeah. The team itself yeah. is okay. Like they got a couple of real superstars and yeah, yeah, and. Some yeah, and I think that I think next year is going to be the year. You know, you're yeah. going to see you're going to see what happens. And I think a lot of people, a lot of people are you know booing on on Coach Sanders. And it's like, hey, whatever, man. Like the guy's doing it different. Hey, you know what? Different different doesn't necessarily mean bad. You know, like that would mean Army, Navy, and Air Force are terrible because we run uh, an option, right? I mean, exactly, different yeah. doesn't necessarily mean bad. You know, and and so I think there's there's something to be said about it. But uh, Shador Sanders has got like 1,700 yards passing already this season, and we're five games in. That kid's gonna yeah, have yeah, 3,000 yeah. yards passing, easy. He's gonna be a top quarterback on like a you know five and seven team. You know, what are you gonna do? I mean, it, it's gonna work out for him. Give it another year, you know. Yeah. Well, yeah, and he's a junior, so I don't know if he's gonna. I don't know if he got hit with the COVID year or not, but he could stay two more years. And like, woof, like I would hate to see that. You know, that's an interesting, that's a really interesting thing because Dion, you know, Coach Prime is not going to let his son miss any tricks as far as like making the maximum amount of money from ball. So whatever Shador Sanders does is the correct thing to do. Yeah. Just business wise. Yeah. But, and that's the thing. I think that's one, I think that's one of the things that people don't like is, you know, you're watching a you're watching a coach that's like not only coaching football, but he's also holding these kids up on the business end. Yeah, you of know? course he is. Well, like, that's like, the job. Like this is how I you mean, mon- this yeah. is how you monetize everything because like if you watch a Colorado game, every commercial is Deion Sanders. Like he's got an almond commercial, he's got Affleck commercial, you know, and so he's he's making money. Yeah, you know, off of all those arrangements and like good on him. You know, like hey, you got to do what you got to do. Listen, I I swam at Army, and I know that that's on the on as for a Division One athlete, that's on the low end of of hours per week, and it was easily twenty five hours per week, easily. Yeah. So, please, these kids, that's a job, and they can get paid, and it's all good. Yeah, and and, and I think you know I have a, I have a I have a newfound respect for for coaches that can balance both the business yeah. end as well as the coaching end. Yeah. You know, yeah. Absolutely. A lot of, Cause a lot of these guys just struggle as coaches, you know? And I think that's, I think that's the big difference is that like he exposes his team because he knows that there's no such thing as bad press, but even still he does it in a way that doesn't, you know, belittle or demean anybody. Like he's got yeah. that one kid that's a five-star recruit that's not playing. And everybody's like, well, why isn't he playing? And literally he's like, cause he doesn't watch film. <laughs> right. Like, <laughs> like how can you be mad at a coach for like i don't let the kid play because he doesn't watch film 
like that makes perfect sense. Like why? Because everybody thinks Peyton Manning is one of the best quarterbacks in, in football, arguably. Why? Because he watched a lot of film. Yeah. So it makes sure. sense. You know, I, I mean, there's the, the, some people, I think some people are just angry just to be angry. Anyway, uh, bandwagon fantasy sports. Hey, Matt's on top. He's got 66 points. I'm in second place, tied with Dano. Uh, he's got, we both got 60 points. Joey O busted into the top five this week. So he's moving on his way up. I have a favorite thing this week, and it's very, very simple. You got Army sprint football is 2 and 0, and they take on Navy this week. They will be on ESPN. Plus. Anyway, we will wrap this thing up. This is the College Football Roundtable, or two O's and an NCO. Our NCO is out uh, making sure people are staying off the grass. And so uh, <laughs> hopefully we'll get Joe back here next week. But uh, yeah. as always, Joe, you were missed. Yes, as always, College Football Roundtable. Uh, we're covering college football, doing what we do. Thanks again for joining us. And if there's a topic that you want us to cover on the roundtable, just give us a shout out on the socials. Anyway, uh, we will be looking forward to bringing the Army football show tomorrow. And uh, we may have something special for you again a little bit later this week, but uh, we're working with uh, James from Brigade Review on that. And that's your tease. And then we'll wrap up the show. And uh, as always, it's great hosting for you. And we will talk to you guys next week. Thanks. Beat Boston College. Beat them. Thanks for listening to the Ask for Football College Football Roundtable. Tune in next week as the AFF team brings you more hot takes and college football analysis. We'd like to thank our sponsor, BuyerBarn.com. BuyerBarn.com is the world's first platform to perform online auctions and sales for farm animals. BuyerBarn.com is dedicated to helping small farmers in America and are extending a special discount to military veterans who want to help in the revolution of the family farm. Go to BuyerBarn.com forward slash military. That's BuyerBarn.com. B-Y-R-E-B-A-R-N.com to learn more and to get started or email them at info at buyerbarn.com. Thanks again for listening to Ask for Football College Football Roundtable and as always, Beat Navy.